Well, hey folks, welcome to the Daily Evolver. And uh, especially to those of you who are showing up here live today, it's really nice to spend some time with you. I do my fireside chats for the Integral Life community on the first and third Wednesdays of every month, starting at 2 p.m. Mountain Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, yeah, the the culture just continues to evolve. I wanted to uh, focus today on the movie Barbie that is getting a lot of attention. And it is a cultural phenomena, as is, of course, Barbie the doll. But the the culture is really eating up this movie. It's just had its second uh, week of being the top film globally. It's on its way to a billion-dollar box office. And the movie is fascinating, I think, and, and worthy of cultural significance as well. It's a very green movie. And I don't say that as an insult. I say that as an appreciator of green art. Uh, and I'll make that case as we move through here. Uh, first of all, as I said, Barbie is the doll is one of the most important and culturally significant brands in history. They've sold a billion Barbie dolls. There's only not even 8 billion people on the planet. So that's a thousand million Barbie dolls out there. And I don't think they, uh, you know, I, I don't think they're, they're uh, 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 recyclable. <laughs> they're just still, all still there. Uh, in 150 countries, very diverse. They sell 86 million a year. It's huge on social media. There's billions of hours of content on Barbie on social media. And that's, you know, that's what everybody knows. What's, uh, I think, significant from a developmental point of view is that Barbie's also one of the most developmentally significant brands in history. It's because Barbie represents a bright line in the development and installation of modern consciousness. Uh, over traditional consciousness. We move from traditional to modern to postmodern, hopefully to integral. Uh, and Barbie charts and is a symbol, an archetype of the move into modernity. And this is a point <laughs> that is made very powerfully in the very first scene. And it's, it's really quite wonderful uh, and impactful. And it's a parody of 2001 A Space Odyssey the Kubrick film. And it starts by showing a vast landscape. And instead of the monkeys on the landscape, it's a bunch of little girls playing with dolls. And Helen Mirren is the narrator. And Helen Mirren comes on and talks about for all time, there's been little girls playing with dolls. And this is, of course, the world of traditionalism, where the dolls were all baby dolls. And the little girls are, you know, feeding them and playing with them and holding them and singing to them. And this is the world of traditionalism, where motherhood was a sacred imperative. It was venerated. And, uh, you know, babies were women's contribution to the society. It meant strength. For the family, it meant 
you know, having a bunch of kids to work on the farm. It meant having some social security when you got old, somebody to take care of you. And it meant strength for a culture. And this was the role of women. And this is the role of women for all of history where brute force mattered. You know, if we look at the earlier stages of history in terms of hunting, it was the men uh, with some exceptions. And there's some controversy around that, but it was the men and the women took care of the, the you know, the, the householder stuff, the food, the meat, uh, the gathering. Uh, as we move into agriculture and plows and we, a more complex society, uh, there was a differentiation in the world between the public and private or family world. And men were in the public world, women in the private world. Uh, and, um, you know, this is the beginning of the patriarchy. And the patriarchy is a big theme in this Barbie movie. And Surprisingly so, in a way, I mean, it surprised me just how much green has yet to fluoresce in the society and how the young people, you know, all around me, uh, it, I saw it twice, actually, uh, all, and they're just eating it up. And so with the advent of modernity, where brute strength is no longer the rule of the day, we have engines, you know, we don't have to walk beyond plows. We don't have we don't have to carry water anymore. In a few generations, children went from being an economic benefit uh, to being an economic liability. And this, you know, the pivot point was this was the, you know, maybe the mid 20th century. And this was the entree of Barbie in 1959, where a new kind of doll comes on the scene and it exemplifies this new world where women have options outside of the home. And, you know, from evolution's point of view, there's all kinds of sociology and the gender wars and there's endless interest about this, rightly so. But from evolution's point of view, it was time for the sacred imperative of motherhood to be transcended. Now, ideally, in an integral, we want to transcend and include. In fact, that's the integral project, is including the best of the previous stages of development in ways that, you know, as we move up, this, uh, as we grow, we tend to transcend and exclude. We become so sick of the values of the society that we're living in. It's just built into us, you know, and we reject them and all they hold dear and so this then is the next move in this movie where in 2001, it was the obelisk appears to the monkeys, you know, this new knowledge, this new thing. And in this case, <laughs> it's Margot, this is with the music of Wagner and thus spake Zarathustra, uh, suddenly appears Margot Robbie, 30 feet tall and you know, I'll get to more of Margot Robbie in a second. She's terrific. Uh, but she's there she is, 30 feet tall, wearing the original black and white V-shaped one-piece swimsuit and high heels. That was the first Barbie. And the girls are all, they look, and they're just entranced by this new, you know, appearance of this new doll. 
And they leave their babies to sort of touch her feet and look at her and worship her in a certain way. And then suddenly they turn on their babies and smash their heads against the rocks. And it's it's hysterical in a way, but it is uh, just emblematic of how every stage wants to trash the values of the previous one and modernity did with traditionalism. And so then we entered the world of Barbie land uh, where, uh, you know, it's all pink and beautiful and that, that first scene is over. And of course, there's no children. It's all adults. It's many forms of Barbie. There's the Barbies and then there's the Kens. And the Barbies are the girl dolls and the Kens are the boy dolls. Although there's a trans Barbie, the, the do trans doctor is, a, is a, the doctor is a trans actor. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I have seen criticism that the movie is, you know, anti-mother. It is in the sense that it's anti-traditional. It's anti-patriarchy, too. We'll get to that in a second. But there was uh, a criticism that, Namala, you sent me yesterday for, that somebody posted on Facebook. And uh, this woman wrote, she said, the opening scene of Barbie, where the little girls begin to literally angrily smash the heads of their baby dolls against the rocks in an act of violent rejection of motherhood, plays abs with is absolutely plays with horrid precision. And I looked around astounded at how many little girls were watching this alongside me. They were smashing the head of their dolls as Barbie winks at them in a manner that, if you want to read too much into it, can feel malicious. The girls would abandon their vision of motherhood in the names of pursuing high-end, respectable roles. Uh, I don't blame Barbie. She's a manifestation of the times, uh, times when women in general are more disconnected from the feminine nature, more masculine than ever, and statistically more unhappy than ever. The dream we were sold, climbing up social hierarchies is going to make us happy, is going to be statistically faulty. And I think that's an interesting criticism. And I think that criticism could be coming from an integral perspective. It's not necessarily an argument for going back to traditionalism. It's an argument for not leaving the values of traditionalism completely behind. But it turns out that in a way, the movie is not anti-mother, it's anti-traditional mother, where again, motherhood is the only option, the sacred imperative for women. And But it actually features very heavily a mother-daughter relationship where the mother's played by America Ferrara, who is also wonderful. And, um, and she has a teenage daughter. And this is uh, sort of an example of postmodern motherhood. And I think one of the lines that sort of really transmits that is, the, of course, the daughter is a surly teenager and just can't be pleased in any way, shape, or form. And she at one point tells her mother, don't look at me. And the mother says, I'm sorry. You know, so there's postmodern motherhood for you. It's where the sensitivity of the child is, you know, the child is the center of the world. We could talk about that's probably another podcast. But this teenage girl, Sasha, is very interesting. And again, um, she speaks for the, you know, she's what, 14? So when she encounters Barbie, she tells Barbie, you've created a world where men hate women and women hate each other. Uh, you are a crypto-capitalist fascist. And, you know, it's very much this um, sort of depressive green 
um, sensibility and affect that, you know, this is the, the, the movie, even though it tells a story of women moving into modernity, it does it from a postmodern point of view. And the human portion of the show, there's the Barbie land and then there's the real world, which is contemporary L.A., um, it, it is. It comes from very much a postmodern worldview, and that, and I, I found it interesting in that way because it is charting these developmental moves, and good art does. I mean, that's often a theme of good art, but also it, it has another sort of evolutionary theme to it, in that Barbie herself is awakening to self consciousness. So she starts to have thoughts about death and anxiety. And um, I, I wish I could say that she learned something about them. And she learned something about love and, um, you know, uh, the, the meaning of life. She doesn't really. But, and this is to go back to Margot Robbie, thank God for her. Because she's so good. And it just makes me think about great actors and great performers in general, and we've all seen them, whether it's on stage or in movies, it transmits very much through movies, where they are not just acting, but they're transmitting a sort of a liquid energy. And Margot Robbie has that X factor. She's a star. And her, Barbie, it, it, it just, it, it's just the perfect um, um casting and in fact they make fun of it at one point because they're talking of course as you know women in the current uh you know reaction against the patriarchy talk about we always have to be pretty and we're not pretty enough and in that point uh helen mirren as the narrator breaks in and says this isn't really a great point to make when you've cast margot robbie as the star and that, that's so true so she's so great uh but what the movie revolves around is a pretty much a zero-sum struggle between the Barbies and the Kens. And the Barbies in Barbie land, um, you know, they're <laughs> this is this is, you know, this is again accurate cultural critique, if you will. The Barbie's the president, the Barbie's are the Supreme Court. The Barbies are the astronauts. The Barbies are the doctors. The Barbies basically run the show. And Ken's job, all the Kens, and there are many of them, um, they just kind of hang out at the beach. Their job is to be, to do beach. And they do beach as a verb. And they talk about beaching each other off. And it's kind of funny. But I keep thinking, is that the best you could do? But at any rate, I'm a fan of Greta Gerwig, I have to say, as a filmmaker, for the most part. I'm not a fan of Little Women. I loved Lady Bird. And I love her as an actress in Frances Haas. She's a writer and, and, uh, and director of the show. So anyway, there's this big struggle between the Barbies and the Kens. And um, Barbies trying to go back to the real world. And... Um, you know, I, I can't get into too much plot. This is all unfolding in the first few minutes. So it's not like I'm giving much away, except that it doesn't really much go anywhere. And I I wish they had, you know, I mean, this is my, my sort of 
always a problem as a as a, a, a patron of these arts, if you will, is that I wish there was an integral sensibility. I wish there was some more of an integral sensibility that would recognize the stages of development and the stages of relationship between men and women at each stage of development and how men and women self-organize at each stage of development in ways that optimize the flourishing of the culture, that women participate in this just as they still do in patriarchal societies around the world. Uh, uh, women are often the enforcers, particularly in terms of family life and keeping their kids home and keeping their girls from being, you know, too revealing and keep, keeping the, you know, boys macho. And um, that's just, that's something that has happened in that we have an evolutionary process now that through modernity and into post-modernity is basically creating a larger circle of capacity for every individual human being to inhabit the whole range of masculine and feminine behaviors. That's a wonderful story. That's the evolutionary story. Uh, it's true that for most of human history until modernity, uh, the strong dominated the weak. Men are physically stronger than women. That has been a big factor. But women have had all kinds of agency within this bigger structure. And I'm actually a little confused about this myself. So I'm interested in what you have to say. And we'll do some small groups and we'll do some uh, sharing a little bit. But um, I, I, I want to just point out the um, there's a, there's a famous monologue in Barbie, already famous. People are talking about it. It'll be taught in schools. And this is America Ferrara's monologue about what it is to be a woman. And I read an article where she and Greta Gerwig were talking about that they spent two days making this. They did somewhere between 40 and 50 takes and they got it just right. And I'm not going to do the, the whole thing, but I'll share. I'll just read um, some of it. And this is America Ferrara as, you know, she's the mother in this real world mother-daughter relationship. And she's talking about, it is literally impossible to be a woman here in 2023. Like we have to always be extraordinary, but sometimes, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. You have to be thin, but not too thin. And you can never say you want to be thin. You have to say you want to be healthy, but you also have to be thin. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money because that's crass. You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids all the damn time. You have, I love this one. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane. But if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much. You threaten other women because you're supposed to be part of the sisterhood. But always stand out, always be grateful. Never forget that the system is rigged. So find a way to acknowledge that, but also be always be grateful. You have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's too hard. It's too contradictory. And nobody gives you a medal or says thank you. And it turns out that, in fact, you are not only doing everything wrong, but everything is also your fault. 
I'm tired of watching myself and every other single woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us. And if that's true also for a doll just representing women, she's talking to Barbie, then I don't even know what to say. So that's the complaint of women in this movie. I, I, don't, I don't think it's wrong, actually. I think that is the, the, the stage of development we're at, where we're at. And in this fallen and world of dukkha and suffering, that's a reasonably accurate um, description of the grievance side of the street. So anyway, on Twitter, this woman, Megan Dom, who I've never heard of, uh, but she rewrote this speech for men. So I'll just read a little bit of this. Uh, this is in response to Barbie's not, of course, in the movie. She writes, it's literally impossible to be a man. Like, we always have to be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. You're supposed to be good looking for women, but not so good looking that you seem unserious or vain, though nothing's more important than being tall. You have to have money. You should earn it and keep earning it. You have to be a boss, but you can't be seen to be a bully or as insensitive or old fashioned or, quote, just not getting it. You have to be in touch with your feminine side, but also be the protector. You have to answer for women's bad behavior, which is insane, like sometimes literally insane. But if you point that out, you're accused of not listening, not caring enough, or of gaslighting. You have to win at the game while making sure to say that you know the system is rigged in your favor. You have to say this even if it's not rigged anymore, or at least doesn't feel that way. Or maybe it is rigged, which means you don't actually deserve anything you've ever gotten, but you got it anyway. Or maybe you didn't. But in either case, you have to be grateful. <laughs> you have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never cross a boundary without permission. It's too dangerous. It's too contradictory. And nobody gives you a medal or says thank you. As it turns out, in fact, not only are you doing everything wrong, but everything is actually your fault. So that's the men's retort, actually written by a woman. And again, I don't think it's necessarily inaccurate. Uh, but it, it's one side of the street. And where, to me, Barbie failed is in telling more of that kind of story where we can see that both sides have their uh, grievances and that the trajectory of evolution is to include the qualities of masculine and feminine to every individual. That's been happening. It's happening now. It's not only happening now in terms of um, options, but it's happening in terms of gender and fluidity and, you know, trans. And, you know, this is the new sort of expansion of identity that evolution is bringing to the party. And that all along, there have been men and women, both, who have bucked the system. And, you know, I remember Barbie coming on. It's 1959, so I'm five years old. And I remember I grew up with lots of kids, lots of friends and church and big extended family, not to mention school chums. And the girls had Barbies. And oh, how I wanted to play with the Barbies, but I knew I couldn't. And I didn't. 
But that's, you know, I actually think I would be a better person today if I had been allowed to express that nurturing part of me. And, you know, fashion, for God's sakes. I mean, that was, Barbie came out not so much as an astronaut or, uh, you know, physicist, although she went there uh, as modernity continued to come online. But at first she came on as a fashion doll. And the idea was you'd buy all these clothes and these outfits for Barbie. And I remember it very well. I also remember that people would make little outfits and my friend's mothers would make little outfits. And I so wanted to make little outfits for Barbie, but I couldn't. So that's part of the story too, that is completely, Ken played by Ryan Gosling is vacant. Every other character in Barbie land has no real interiority. Uh, besides Barbie, and what's happening to Barbie is she's developing in, in interiority. She's becoming human. And this is sort of the aesthetic of Breen. And we've talked about it before, with uh, especially with the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once. That one of the ways of, of talking about the green aesthetic, and again, I like the green aesthetic often, um, is that it's surface without depth. So you get lots of eye candy. And this movie is full of it. I mean, it's it's Barbie and pink and pastels and these little cars and Barbie's dream house. And everything's kind of got a varnish. And the dolls are a little bit you know, mechanical. Barbie is at first. She gets more fluid as she goes. Uh, but in uh, Ken is completely vacant. And, uh, you know, Ken goes for the power. Of course, everything's reduced to power in green. There's no narratives of history that are acceptable. Even progress is not acceptable. Um, and so what's left is we're ratcheted down because green dissolves orange and blue or amber. So dissolves modernity and traditionalism. So we're left then with red. And so it's like, who's got the power? Who's winning? And um, and maybe there's, you know, the, the message can be, and there's a sort of message of you can be all you can be, you know, that's sort of a modern message that survives the deconstruction. Um, and at the end, that's where Barbie gets this transmission from the originator of Barbie, Ruth Marcus, who is played by Rhea Perlman. And... Um, you know, that that she can sort of be anything she wants to be. And that's that's it. And, um, you know, that is the modern uh, that's that's the realization of modernity. It's actually huge evolutionary progress that you don't just have to be obedient to your group or your God, that you can actually express yourself. And that's huge in the development of humanity, but it's not the end. So. Anyway, there's lots of plot, uh, but at the end, uh, you know, the Barbies win back and Ken is defeated. And um, it, it, so it's funny. I saw the movie twice and I was trying to remember, how does it actually end? What what, what actually do at the end? There's no real resolution or anything. Of course, that's green. You, you can't rest... Even the like the humor and punchlines are very meta. Everything is from an ironic distance. Uh, and of course, this is a Mattel production. 
And so, you know, Mattel didn't do this for nothing. And so they show the executives and that's Will Ferrell and all these, you know, kind of stiff, priggy, white, mostly white guys. Um, and so anyway, but at the end, uh, so I looked because I couldn't remember how it ended. I looked on Google, how did Barbie end? And here it is. I'll read it to you. Despite all the chaos, because it came back to me, how sort of anticlimactic it was, but here it is. Despite all the chaos he caused, Barbie comforts Ken after Kendom goes down in flames. Ken admits he actually became uninterested in the patriarchy when he realized it wasn't just about horses. Barbie apologizes to Ken for taking him for granted. So there you go. That's the end. I've, I hope I didn't give it away. Uh, but no love, no future. It's like Seinfeld, another great example of green storytelling. No hugging, no learning. You know, and that's that's very much this. Uh, now, Barbie becomes human in the most uninteresting way, actually, but it's funny. Uh, then I will give that away. So that's my thoughts on Barbie. And so what I'm interested in hearing from you, and I want to break into small groups here, and I think, and I'd like you to share, what's the state of it now? I mean, does the, where, where's the patriarchy? How does it manifest? The war between the sexes, you know, uh, even the, the gender fluidity. Um, what do you see happening and if you've seen the movie, um, you know, you might share a little bit about it. But um, so let's break into groups of three. Are we back? All right. Well, I'm interested in hearing from you. Uh, if you have any comments or questions, raise your hand and we will entertain them. Uh, and as you're thinking about that, or you can put stuff in the chat as well. So let's start with Levy. I have a question. Like I saw the film and um, I didn't, I must say I didn't really like it. Um, but one of the things that I didn't like about it, because um, we have the Barbie world and we have reality. And in the Barbie world, everything is a bit, a bit of a caricature. So every day is the best day you ever had. And there is everything, you know, um, all the men are stupid and all the women run everything. It would have been interesting, I think, if the real world would have not been just a mirror image of that, but also more complex. So you can say we have a caricature world and we have a complex world. Yeah. So that dichotomy is completely lost because as soon as Barbie goes to the, to the real world, mm -hmm. yeah, we, we kind of get a caricature patriarchy just as, yeah. So yes. I, I wonder uh, what you would think of that. Would that maybe make the film a little bit more uh, integral or? Yeah. Yeah. Again, there's way more story to tell, but the, you know, one of the characteristics, and this is theory, which I don't live or die on this, but uh, that all first tier memes. So that would be green, orange on down, if you will, uh, divide the world into us and them and that it is a struggle. And there's some ways in which that's accurate. And green is no exception. You know, green is not diverse in terms of worldview. It's diverse in terms of, you know, if everybody's sort of progressive and more, then you can be green. 
But if you're traditional or modern in any meaningful sense, then that's not okay. And what continues to amaze me is just how potent a message that is. And how many people are, are at the stage where they want and need to hear it, I guess. All the teenagers who love it and the stuff on Twitter and you'd think America Ferrara's speech was, you know, uh, Dostoevsky. Uh, but there we have it. And I think everybody ought to wake up. You know, I've been, I don't know, maybe I've been in Boulder too long. I've been, you know, I've been doing this, this, this sort of postmodern thing for a long time. It's just, in some ways, even without integral, I'm bored with it. But apparently not. There's, there's more to go. I mean, every stage continues to evolve horizontally, if you will. So we get more rational too. We get more, you know, that, that traditional thing is coming online back the, the neo-traditionalists and so forth. That's interesting. And green still has more to install. So I, I don't know, I'm rambling, but it's something like that. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Mark, what's up? Um. So I really like that thing that you read off about the problems that men face and if somebody wants to be better educated about that there's a movie called the red pill where it started out with a um, woman who wanted to do a movie about how bad men were and she ended up doing a movie on how difficult life is for men yeah and she ended up calling it the red pill and it's based in this extensive interviews with Warren Farrell and who was also on Integral Naked years and years ago. Yeah. So yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. And red pill has become part of the lexicon of, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, of, well, it, it hasn't been with respect to men's issues. It's generally about life in general. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're waking into the deeper structures of what's going on and how we're all being manipulated and whatever. But, you know, what I would say is, you know, I, I guess I alluded to it is it's just life is difficult. It, it's been difficult. It's difficult. And there's, a you know, to, just to use the Buddhist terminology, there's a way out of that suffering, which is to awaken into the part of yourself that is, uh, beyond this time and space. Christianity does the same thing. And so you can see that that world, that absolute reality is, um, you know, interpenetrated with everything and its nature is goodness, truth, and beauty. That's a big, I'm not sure society's ready for that. Uh, there's a, you know, leading edge of people who are in various ways, but that's not gonna be the mass culture. And think about this movie too. This movie is huge in China. Mm. You know, they're coming from a way more traditional center of gravity that, you know, we're prepared for this kind of stuff. Uh, it's it's remarkable. And this is evolution at work to see the mass global culture and what uh, how young people are drinking it up. So, you know, welcome to evolution not only happening, but accelerating. You you say you really like the green aesthetic, and and I really agree with that. Uh, I also really like the aesthetic, but I feel like um, even though green, of course, will always be be here, it will always stay here. But there was a moment when it was it 
green felt more urgent and it felt more important. For example, if I listen to the protest songs of the 1960s, or if I watch the postmodern films by Jean-Luc Godard, I still love those films even now because I felt like they were made exactly at the right time. And 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 so I feel like even though in, 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 a, in a theoretical sense, Barbie might be a good green movie, still it, it misses for me this this urgency or this this momentum that that just um i feel like it should have been made 60 years ago and then it was looking great but now it it feels like i i get it yeah i i I wouldn't disagree with you and it's a you know it's a opportunity to do what we can do with every new stage of development if you will and that is to see that there's the good green and there's the bad green and what's the good green is that there is still you know, men run things and you know politics and boardrooms and whatever. Uh, but there's also a realization. It's like the the comment from Namali, your friend uh, that you you sent that there's a feminine energy. There there's a feminine spirit where there is a difference between men and women, and it's not uh, dispositive for any particular individual. But there is something to be said about that and to integrate that. And this movie misses all of that. Uh, and um, so it's not really taking us anywhere. It's, there's, you're right. There's no new realization in this movie that we didn't have in the first stages of feminism, really. In fact, it's more, in some ways, it's more located in the first stages of feminism than it is now. But that's where I guess a lot of people are. You know, I don't know, especially young people. You know, we have to remember that people are growing through these stages and you can't force it. And, you know, and in some ways, and this is something I realize the older I get, is that young people are supposed to be angry. You know, that's sort of evolutionarily potent. You know, they're supposed to see what's wrong. That's evolutionarily potent. Good news might be great, but bad news could kill you. So, you know, people are focused on that. That's just part of the deep structure. Uh, I do think that changes as we move into integral and we move from a fear-based system to a creativity or love-based system. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I I won't get there with you, but I can see the promised land. So anyway, thanks, lady. Carolyn. Hi. Hi. Well, I, I haven't seen the movie. I probably want to now see it more than I did last week, having heard your presentation, Jeff. <laughs> um, but the one thing that occurs to me throughout this discussion is that this movie is maybe not for tier two people. It was maybe meant for you know levels of tier one and uh, helping people at tier one to move to realize the value of what they got out of playing with Barbie and to now unpack some more values that are shifting them to different places where they are today. I mean, I I got my Barbie doll when I was eight, 1960, I hate to admit it. And I, I was explaining in the group, you know, I, I at that time we lived uh, next door to my grandparents on a farm, it was isolated. It was my grandparents were European. They were very traditional and conservative and everything was plain and ordinary. Don't stand out. And when I got that Barbie doll for Christmas, I just remember how my world just exploded with possibility. 
And I I daydreamed all the time of what where Barbie's gonna go, what we could wear, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like what you said in your presentation. It just, you know, we left the baby dolls behind, <laughs> like the mothering, nurturing things. And it helped, I know it helped me to think of another possibility for my life than the one my grandparents had set out for us. You know, and now looking back, I can see where I'm reprocessing that all over again. Like, wow, where did that get me? Like, you know, and um, yeah. But you know, I'm really interested in how children play, and I've and I've had my doubts about the Barbie doll over the decades, and my friends' kids who have you know, want dolls, and you know, they use those dolls for a lot of things, and it's really just. Kind of integrating what's in like real life they're practicing through these dolls yes and yes, uh, yes. I mean, and i think, think that's what's the baby dolls they're practicing motherhood they're practicing nurturing uh and then they're and then they're practicing self-expression it's a whole different ball game and, oh, and a new kind of motherhood yeah. like like that you could be a mom and you can travel and be the ceo and you can do this then you can do that yeah right and uh, yeah so, yeah Yep. There's so uh, many things there. I just think, for me, one of the frustrating things is to look at situations where people are in the level three and level four and the, and life's just not working out. And I'm wishing, come on, can't you just get it? Yeah. <laughs> and um, and to it reminds me we have to be patient because everybody's got to go through the levels on their own time. And in a way, this is kind of this is a kind of a movie that well will reach the masses it's already reaching the masses i think how it's going to affect the masses is yet to be determined yeah me too yeah no i i i agree with you and i and what a, a, a powerful testimonial of the power of barbie you at eight years old in your farm and that transformation that you felt when you saw barbie for the first time or whatever <laughs> thank you for that all right carolyn mary Every discussion I've had about this movie with anybody, whether they've seen it or not, whether they loved it or whether they hated it, um, I just think it's the greatest thing. And I want to take everybody to go see the movie. I've already taken lots of people to go see it. Um, I'm so enthused about it that I almost feel like I need to curb my enthusiasm. Because <laughs> well, lay it on us, Mary. I mean, you don't have to worry about that with us. What 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 do you what was what do you find so exciting and enthusiastic about? To me, the messages seemed um, just so pertinent and so real and so important. Um, I think it was good. What they showed for women to open up. I show. I thought it was good. And I, unlike you, Jeff, I thought they did develop um, some space for men and mm -hmm. and their vulnerabilities. And I thought they brought to, that together maybe more than, but I also loved hearing your viewpoint of it because I can see it from the part of the pendulum where I'm at. And I think it's our turn right now to get some of that, but I mean, you're going to feel like it's, it's your turn too, but um, it just, I was so thrilled with, with the whole thing. I would say, God, look at this, what Greta's doing now. Yeah. And, and that this Ruth is the, the person that came out with it in 59. And I'll probably see it again, as long as I have people who want to see it with me. Yeah, good. I, I love to have my favorite movies that I see over and over. And I, like I said, I saw it twice. 
And I saw way more the second time. Of course you do, you know, and, um, and I do appreciate what an achievement actually of just the art direction. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, we're uh, out of time. All right, everybody. Well, thanks so much for hanging out with me and each other. And we'll see uh, a a first and third Wednesday of every month. Uh, So we'll see it in two weeks.